Welcome back uh, to episode 24. I don't have a cool number 24 athlete. I like, I promise everybody. Do you guys have one? Mm, negative 24. I got no 24s. Uh, this is the Darrell Rebus episode? Rebus Island? Yeah. Does that constitute? I mean, like everybody who's listening to this is like, Kobe, you fucking dipshit. But like, I wasn't going to say that on a... I, he just deserves more respect in this podcast. That's that's how I that's how I felt. About yeah, that it. almost feels like slightly blas- blasphemous to be like, oh yeah, Kobe. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're gonna call this the uh, so Darrell Revis episode, Revis Island. I, I feel like I isolated us enough with that intro. Uh, but anyways, welcome back to the Monday Review Show. Uh, this was like Wonk Week Part Doe. Uh, Road Dogs had their day. Um, apparently just never bet a home favorite. That's what I took away from, uh, from this given week on the NFL calendar. Uh, as always, Drew's here, Aaron Hayden guys, uh, how was the weekend? Uh, how were the bets? Uh, did you take it on the chin as bad as I did? No, I, I kind of liked, uh, having the Colts get their shit out of the way on Thursday because then I could just, I don't know. I just didn't feel like I had such an emotional stake in what was going on yesterday. Uh, so, yeah, so they got their win Thursday. That was great. And then I was just able to enjoy the chaos that was Sunday football yesterday. Yeah, I was kind of done uh, after the Vikings game. Uh, didn't really care. I still had it on in the background, but I was doing uh, other things throughout the day. You know, I, yeah, I was I, thinking about this. Uh, go ahead, Drew. No, I was just going to say this has been – I texted – both of you guys, this is two weeks in a row where football has really hurt me. This has been two <laughs> weeks where Monday rolls around and I'm like, man, like, I just, I just don't want to do it. Um, like, all right, well, we get to talk about how like apathy is setting in and my team is dead. And it's, it's, I've gone from the, uh, from the fire Tom Crean portion of his IE tenure to the fire Archie Miller portion of Mike Simmer's tenure. And that's just, I, for most of our, uh, crossover fans they'll they'll get the reference but man just gross i just don't want to do it it hurts so this is what i was thinking about and maybe i guess we could throw the chiefs in there i was trying to think about who the most tortured fan bases in football are just this season now i'm not talking like the last 20 years or anything and and it's like it's still i can't you can't count the chiefs fuck them they have pat mahomes they're not the most tortured fan base right now like i don't i don't care how bad he's playing that doesn't count it's like Good teams, they're supposed to be good, are generally playing good. Bad teams, they're supposed to be bad, are generally playing bad. And then there's these tweener teams, like like the Colts and the Vikings, where it's like... Niners. The Niners, yeah. I, I think that the Niners you could probably throw in there. Um, but at least they have like a franchise, like a, they drafted... They hope. There's hope. Yeah, they drafted Lance and like whatever. I mean, they, they, they're kind of like on to that next branch already. But... But for the Colts and the Vikings, it's like, what, what do we, what do we do from here? Like, they're just kind of floundering in mediocrity. It's like, you have some pieces that are good. Like the overall roster is like our B pluses. Um, the Colts aren't going to fire Frank Reich. I mean, you guys are, are I'm assuming are going to fire Zimmer sooner or later, but it's like, I'm uh, he's still there. Neither one of our teams has like a, like, Oh, we're just like one step away. And then we'll be a contender. It's like, 
we have too many flaws to be one step away, but we're not bad enough to just pitch everything in and tank. It's like, I, I, yeah. we're just like tortured, tortured. Yeah. I, I would say that the, that the circumstances are different because you, the, the point you make about the roster is fine. The Colts had some weird health stuff in the beginning portion of the year where the offensive line was like bad, which like they're not going to be bad all year. Um, you play in like a really good, like a really easy division to win sans Tennessee. So like you get some, some games against some bottom feeders. That's helpful. Um, like there's still like a reasonable ability that like the Colts get into the playoffs and like win a wild card game. And like, I don't know, maybe scare somebody in the second round. Like there's still like, if like the defense picks it up or like, I don't know, football's football is a game that's played with an oblong ball that takes goofy bounces sometimes. And like, you know, the two Giants Super Bowls, for example, where it's like those teams really had no business doing what they did. I, on the other hand, am looking at a regime that is dying. Uh, it just drastically needs change, uh, and it's not going to happen. So this year is this year is toast. And then, depending on if they actually fire the GM or not, like we're on the downslope. Like the window has closed, and now it's yeah. like, well, do we close the blinds or like do we crack the window open again? And it's one of those things where we talked about it ad nauseum last week, like they're going to fire Zimmer whenever it happens, it'll happen. They'll bring in an offensive mind to like, hopefully spur this roster. That's like pretty top heavy and has contracts that like aren't easily dumpable and just see like, meh, like maybe they turn around next year and then like they won't. And then you just hit the big shiny reset button. And then it's like three years of like, oh hell, here we go. And you just hope you can spin it around <laughs> on the other end. So we, you and I, the same, different, but same. I, I don't know. I don't think the Colts have a shot at the playoffs anymore, to be honest with you. Um, the Titans just won't stop beating the best teams in the NFL. They're on a four-game absolute tear. Oh, my. They, they, they beat the Bills, the Chiefs, at, at Indy, and then they just won at St. Louis or at, at uh, excuse me, that was, oof, uh, went back six years, went uh, and beat the Rams. Like they just won't stop losing. So they basically don't have a shot to win the division anymore. They're behind the current wild cards are Vegas five and three Pittsburgh currently playing right now. They're four and three against Chicago and the Pats have the seventh spot at five and four. Then there's the chiefs, the Browns, the Bengals, the Broncos, and then the Colts. It's like, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think even if they keep winning games, they're not going to catch up to the division. And I don't, I don't know if they can pass all those teams. It's like, they're not even in control of their own destiny anymore. It doesn't feel like, but anyways, yeah, I mean, you've got eight games left. I would argue that probably five of them are winnable, or at least like they'll be close. The cards, Bucks, and Bills are probably losses. So if all if it all breaks right, you go five and three to turn it around. That puts you at what nine and eight, and that may that might. I mean, granted, you do play the Raiders, you do play the Pats. Like in the AFC, you play a good chunk of these games against other playoff teams. So yeah, that's true. Um, you do have the ability to sneak some in. Like, is it is it likely? You're probably probably not, and you're probably right. But I, I wouldn't give up hope just yet. I, on the other hand, am staring down the barrel of this thing completely falling apart. Yeah. Um, and I don't think this is this is 
This is gross. This is gross. I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about other people's favorite teams. And that's okay. That's what we signed up for when we didn't make this a niche podcast. <laughs> so without further ado, uh, I guess we kind of covered that Colts game on Thursday. We, you touched on a little bit. I mean, it was, it was close when Mike White was in, he got hurt. The quarterback they played was 35 years old. You guys beat him by 15 because the defense played a soft zone in the second half. I mean, is there anything of note you want to touch on there? No, no, not really. I mean, the defense was underwhelming, but like you said, they were just basically playing soft bullshit. Um, they were fine. Jonathan Taylor with Henry out. Jonathan Taylor, maybe the best. Uh, it seems a little blasphemous to use that word twice in 15 minutes. I'm not sure if we could say Jonathan Taylor's the best running back in the NFL, but he might be top three. Um, but yeah, whatever. They, they beat the Jets. Great job, guys. <laughs> um all right so let's let's bounce to the uh the first game on the sunday slate so uh i know you're gonna have a strong take on it so let's just get it out of the way uh giants beat the raiders you're gonna say danny dimes look, look yeah. at our boy look, 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 yeah look, look what our boy did um <laughs> his his 15 of 20 for a buck 10 and a tutty um i'm actually gonna be on the other side of this this was the emotional bubble of the raiders finally bursting like yeah. They played foxhole game after foxhole game. And now it's yeah. like, oh, our wide receiver killed somebody. And our head coach got fired. And and then they were like, well, hey, you know what? We just need to change the culture in the locker room. So let's sign Deshaun Jackson. That'll really flip this around. Like the I think the Raiders, the Raiders might be this this might be heading in a well then and then they cut way. their they cut their first round pick from 2020, one of the picks they got in the Cleo Mack trade. This guy, this guy wrecked yes. four. He wrecked four rental cars in one month, in a month I saw time. That. How do you keep renting this guy cars? Is he using fake IDs? <laughs> and then he threatened to kill someone online while brandishing a gun. It's like, uh. Several okay. guns. 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 <laughs> he had guns. They're like, um, yeah, we can't really take this pub right now, bud. We gotta, we gotta let you walk. <laughs> so out of their 2020 draft class, uh, I believe there's two guys left on the roster. One of them is like on the verge of being on the practice squad and their other fourth round pick um, is playing only because the guy in front of him got, got hurt. Yikes. So that's I what saw, we're what, two years? I wish, class? I, I wish I would have saved the tweet. It was like somebody summed up everything that they got for the Khalil Mack trade. And it was like Josh Jacobs, the guy that they just cut. Um, I don't know. Basically, Josh Jacobs was like the best contributor out of all of them, and he's he's barely doing anything himself. So. And to do that, it was you, a lot of shit. And to do that, you traded like one of the best ends in football. Yep. There's like, look at this haul we got. Which, granted, like if he was unhappy there, like whatever, dude. I get it. Just, I just more and more of. And who knows, man? Maybe that's just the inner John Gruden. He was like, you know what? I got to get rid of this. I got to get rid of Cleo Mack. He's got an ego. I just need me a white guy who's just a grinder. That's what I need. And it was Max just like, oh, the true colors shining through. <laughs> Look at that. He's like, I need my Howie Long. Um, I don't know. Hayden, you got anything? You have anything on this game? Anything Absolutely you want to touch on here? It. I know that you guys no. are just, I know that you guys are just jazzed. Hey, man. The Giants are three and six. Hey, man. Hayden and I have over seven on the Giants. <laughs> and you know what? The boys in blue are on their way. I am not that off optimistic about that, but we'll see. We'll see. You, did just, you know that this is. Did, did you know that this is their best record? This is their best record in the last six calendar years. 
Yeah, because I remember the last couple of years they were like, oh, oh, and five or one and seven to start the year or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, they get the Eagles, the Dolphins, they get the Eagles twice, actually. They get the Bears, they get the football team. We could get there, Hayden. We could get there. I did, dude, I just, I can't wait until they win like seven or eight games and like, the mayor is going to look at this roster and this team in a way with like, yeah, we're, you know, we're right there. And like Gettleman will come back and like, <laughs> we'll get another draft out of it. And like, I just, God, I just can't wait. I just can't wait. All right. Uh, who do we have next on the slate here? We have, Oh, uh, we have the Falcons and the saints. Um, I was all over the Falcons in this game. I had them money line. I had them teased. I had them just with the spread. I had literally no faith in New Orleans. Uh, The fact that they scored 22 points in the fourth quarter blew my mind because I felt so fucking vindicated this entire game being up until that run. I was like, oh my God, Trevor Simeon's a bum. Taysom Hill throws two passes. And just even looking at this game, I mean, how the hell? Like, how the hell was it as close as it was? The Falcons have done this, their, their defense has done this disappearing act in the second half, especially the fourth quarter all year long. They, every time they've had a lead, they, I mean, they've blown some really big leads. Um, so yeah, that might be a good live bet situation. It might be one of those times where it's like, Oh, Matt Ryan and the boys are up by 10. Mm, it's time to bang the drum on the other side, because this is going to come down to a field goal basically. Uh, dude, Kyle Pitts just continues to blow me away. He did drop one really, really oh, it was wide so open pass, bad, but, but so bad. He also made some pretty spectacular plays to make up for that. Um, Alvin Kamara, like I told you guys at the beginning of the season, their recipe for success was going to be like give him the ball 25, 30 times a game. And that's when they're most effective. Just give AK the ball and he just makes things happen. He was bottled up in the backfield so many times and he would just he would just find a way to grind out four five seven eight yards like he's he just he's a great football player yeah i mean he's i mean probably the most elusive back in football and the stats all back that up i mean it, it is what it is uh how about the cordero patterson six for 126 in the air in this game who have we ever seen this where it's like this guy has been like it would be like the equivalent of like Tavon Austin went somewhere and just like figured it out. It was like, oh, who's this yeah. weird gadget player that no one's ever been able to get to do anything? Yeah. He has 38 catches for 459 yards and 73 carries for 278 yards. 737 yards from scrimmage in eight games so far. If you would have told me, Aaron, if you would have offered me plus 1 million odds on Cordero Patterson to be on pace to have 1,500 yards from scrimmage in a single season as an NFL career, I would have laughed you out of the gym. But, like, I'm not even going to burn my money. Like, I'm, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> You're the PFF guy. Pull, pull up the PFF stats on uh, Cordero Patterson. I, I read something. He's, like, one of the top-rated running backs in football. I'm sure he is. <laughs> I'm sure he fucking is. <laughs> he's the number one rated running back in football. He is the number one rated running back in football Un- above Tony Pollard, Damian Harris. Unbelievable. Uh, and that is, 
And that's with the snap minimum. Like he's played enough stats snaps at running back where like PFF is like, yep, this guy's a fucking G. He gets it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will say the biggest reason is because his receiving grade, the only person in the same stratosphere is him. Like even like within 30 points per PFF is Christian McCaffrey. Like he, his receiving grade as a running back is 93.6, which is why he's up there. But also his run block grade is a 70, which is also pretty astounding if you think about it. Again, dude, I watched this guy where it's like, oh, yeah, he's a hell of a kick returner. And now it's like, oh, no, he just he just does everything like he's just good at everything. It's good at everything. I wonder if if Ridley was there and healthy and whatever, if exercise and whatever demons he's going through right now, if Julio Jones doesn't leave, like, do we see this breakout season from Cordero Patterson or does it does it just kind of get muted does he never get the volume enough to have this kind of breakout Aaron do you know production, do you know what production is production is talent meeting opportunity and that's what yeah. we're seeing baby yeah we're seeing um go Falcons Saints suck the Saints are this is going to be gross their their next four games go at Tennessee they go to Philly which they might lose that game and I think Philly is equally bad um then they get the Bills and then the Cowboys hmm. so the Saints could be six and six, like real quick. And uh, then they get the Jets, but then they've got a nice little like Bucks, Falcons, Panthers roundup here at the end of the year. I mean, if Trevor Simeon is their starting quarterback, I, how, like how many games, how many games are they going to win? Like their defense hey, some might be like what, two? Hey, some hill. Hey, some hill. I know that. So last week you said, <laughs> is the drop off from Jameis Winston to Taysom Hill really that bad? It is bad enough that Sean Payton, who we all agree is a very good offensive coach, was like, nah, Trevor Simeon gives us the best chance to win. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I, for one, am not a great evaluator of talent, but I know what that means. Speaking, um, of, speaking of gadget players. <laughs> yes. Just, just, we were talking oh. about Cordero Patterson being a gadget player. And now we're going to launch right into Taysom Hill. Oh, no, we're, we're not going to talk about Taysom Hill anymore. Um, all, right. all right. Next Fair. one. This is actually probably one of the bigger shockers of the day. Uh, the, the Josh Allen Wars. Uh, the, the gentleman from Kentucky reigns supreme as the Jags topple the Bills nine to six. Um, so did the Jags play a really good game? Did the Bills just forget to show up? uh Hayden thoughts here I think the Bills just forgot to show up really um I was just kind of watching the score on this game because I had the Vikings game on and I kept expecting uh the Bills to get going and they just never did uh yeah exactly um yeah not not good at all from Buffalo and the defense for uh Jacksonville really stepping up like you said Josh Allen just being an absolute bully he wanted uh the name for mm-hmm. sure and uh he yep. won it this time around so um not a good win or it's a good one for jacksonville because any win's a good win when you're one and one and six but uh, a very bad loss for buffalo <laughs> yeah yeah i completely so, agree uh, if you look at jacksonville they had 218 total yards in this game yeah they possessed the ball less than the bills did uh they i mean it, it's incredible to me if you just looked at the box score to see how Jacksonville wins this game. You know, they did kind of what the Steelers were able to do. 
when they gave Josh Allen so many fits in that season opener, they didn't blitz him very much, but they were able to generate a lot of pressure. They sacked him four times. They were able to generate a lot of pressure with their front four without having to bring extra dudes. And it's like his nightmare. I mean, and it's not a bad weakness to have if you're the bills, because there's not many teams that have the personnel, the guys that are going to be able to do that. And, and, And still their defense showed up and just absolutely snuffed out. I mean, your defense gives up nine points. You figure you're going to win most of those games <laughs> when you have guys like Josh Allen and, and Steph Diggs. And uh, I guess was Knox back. Knox wasn't back. I don't think. No, no. Um, no. Did, did you guys see the stretch of this game where Jacksonville basically got to kick the ball three consecutive times and they missed all three field goals on back to back to back kicks? Yeah, I was watching it live and I was just like, every time he kicked it, I was like, get the fuck. And he missed it the same way. He missed it outside the left upright every (laughs) single time. And it's one of those things where I'm like, wouldn't you eventually just kind of like, well, I probably should just, you know, I was just aim a little bit. (laughs) It was Jackson. It was Jacksonville that was missing the kick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. Jacksonville. So okay, I thought you said they, Buffalo. I was like, no, no, no. It was the Jacksonville guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it was the Jacksonville kicker. But it's like he kicked the first one, missed it wide left. They called it back for a for a false start. Offside did the same thing. False start again, or excuse me, the third one. He kicked it, missed it literally the same way. It was just wide left of the left upright, and I was like, okay. And honestly, I, I felt the same way about it that I felt I, like when they hit the crossbar, I'm like, that's more impressive than actually making the kick. Like, dude, you just like hit an umbrella base from like 200 feet away. That's cool as shit. Like props guys. And uh, yeah, good on him. Um, any other takeaways from this? Uh, should we be worried about Buffalo's offensive lines we had in the end of the year? Is this something that's going to be like their Achilles heel? Like it was the, uh, the chiefs last year. I've kind of been watching the Buffalo run game flounder a little bit, and you don't need like a great run game when you have a guy that's going to be able to sling it like he can, but Singletary and Moss combined. I'm looking at it right Moss now. Moss got hurt. Moss okay, got well, hurt. Whatever. He, he, so he running, left in the first quarter running back production for the bills, not named Josh Allen. I just get that nine carries for 22 yards. Like that's, mm-hmm. Not great, Bob. I mean, those those are pretty wasted uh, wasted plays. I'm sure the DVOA on that is super low. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, it would be nice if they had some kind of of a stable running game to be able to balance out their offense a little bit. Yeah, I mean, their best rated offensive lineman is their center, and he's the 17th ranked person at his position, uh, Mitch Morse, um, which. Uh, very familiar with interior line struggles. I've uh, seen it frequently, uh, can speak to it. It does in fact affect everything else you're talking about. And it does allow teams that have uh, reasonable defensive line to put pressure when there probably shouldn't be any. So if you can't establish a run, you're, you're throwing every pass or you're, you're, you're throwing every possession and the defense is just playing like based just eyes on when, you know, you're dropping, you know, eight dudes back in coverage and they're all just staring at you. Yeah. It's, it's tough to get stuff going at least consistently, but yeah, just look at the box score. Like you would never guess that, uh, that Jacksonville won that game. Like if, if I think somebody just like hid the scores, this, that makes a little more sense now that Zach Moss went out because he's the better pass blocker out of those two running backs from what I've gathered. And maybe Singletary was just blowing 
blowing coverage or blowing blocking assignments. And that was leading to some of the pressure that was up in his face all day. I mean, if that's the case, just like put a fucking fullback out there or just have some like Dude, left no. guard report. Those, those don't exist anymore. There are no fullbacks. I, uh, like two, there's like two fullbacks in the league. <laughs> remember, remember what team I pay attention to and it'll, it all makes sense. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. It sucks so bad. So <laughs> I formation run it. <laughs> run it i formation uh 22 personnel in <laughs> second and eight in overtime god damn it um let's okay this is still pain i don't want to do this right now um so what do we have next on the slate oh browns Bengals. this was another one that i was i was on the browns i know you picked in our pick on the Bengals here um baker's best games over the past two two years have been sans odell beckham jr um and we saw it again um I think there's something to be said and granted, I mean, he, you know, 14 completions for 218 yards and two touchdowns, but when they don't have OBJ and he doesn't feel like he's got to force feed it to anybody and the game just like flows more naturally, the calls he's making at the line aren't like, Oh, how am I going to get it to Beckham for the 15th time this game? Or like, I don't know, man, it's just addition by subtraction. I think it's just, it's just easier to play when you don't have like, like we all, when we go to work, when we used to go to the office, there was like the one person on your team that was just like, fuck this guy, God damn it. Like, I think that's just who OBJ is. Walks into the meeting room and he's just like, yep, this is it. And everybody else is like, well, I guess it is. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, it helped that Chubb just ran yeah, all true. over them. Yeah. And he was, I mean, Baker was playing with house money this whole game. I know, I know he did fine, and their offense looked fine without OBJ, who was released officially, by the way, today. Yeah. Interesting to yeah. see uh, where uh, he the ends. Up. Said they won't claim him. Good news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> I think the, the Detroit said the same thing. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling Which, a Randy Moss to Foxborough type vibe in this particular situation. Um, so his, uh, his representation has already made it known, like, don't claim him. Yeah. Um, it sounds like there's three organizations that he had his mind on the saints for one of them. Um, oh, God, I had it. I had the notes. Seattle, I think was one. Seattle was one. Um, Oh God. Uh, man, I'll, uh, I'll track this down. Seattle was one. Um, Well, well, while you find that, uh, the Browns' defense okay, was all please. over uh, Joe Burrow. Five sacks, two interceptions, maybe that offensive line starting to uh, look a little bit how it did last season, and that's uh, not going to mean good things for the Cincinnati Bengals, who um, are uh, on a bit of a slide lately. They're Now they're last in the division, and who do they got coming up? They have the Raiders, Steelers, Chargers, 49ers, Broncos, Ravens, Chiefs, Chiefs and Browns to close out the season. That that could be tough. This was such a huge game for both of these teams. Like the Bengals are now in last place. They're now in last place in the AFC slide. Now they're kind of scraping their way back together a little bit, um, doing some things right. If you get Chubb and Hunt back healthy again, I mean that's the identity of their team is to run the ball down people's throats and play great defense, get after quarterbacks and. They've just had a lot of injuries and really haven't been able to do either of those things effectively. Um, 
about the last month or so. So yeah, there's still time. Browns are five and four. If they, if they get their guns back, they could definitely make a run in the stretch here. Um, but yeah, the Bengals, it's like, okay, this is where I, I think the second half of the season, the first half of the season is all about, Oh, those unexpected surprises, this young player, you know, exceeding his expectations or, you know, this team's hot or this team looks like they have it together, but it's, it's being able to get punched in the mouth like a couple of weeks in a row, you know, to really get drubbed, to figure out who you really have in that locker room. Can these guys take a punch and come out and keep slinging the ball? Can Burrow, can Chase, you know, can this defense that's been assaulted lately, can they, can they stick to their guns and be able to uh, be able to stay successful? Uh, so I don't know. The Bengals are, are on notice. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be betting against them next week, but I don't know. They seem to have their faith shaken a little bit. So um, apparently the top OBJ destinations uh, are the Seahawks, the Ravens, the Saints, and the Pats. Those are the four that he has leaked out that, um, that he would like to be a part of. Um, Is, did he just say the Saints just because LSU, like he wants to go back to the Bayou or something? Like, I don't know, man. I, I don't get that one at all. Look, yeah, oh, precisely because here's what happens, right? So OBJ is mad because like Baker's not going to get on the ball. Like, let me introduce you to Trevor Simeon. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, I, I think out of any of those, I think Seattle probably makes the most sense, right? Yeah. Like if you're if you're looking for, I, I want to improve my quarterback situation. The Pats like do stuff like this, but they did that stuff when Brady was there. Like, I can't imagine them being like, Hey, Mac Jones, here's OBJ, like force feed him 15 times a game. So he stays happy. Like, I just, I can't imagine a scenario in which that happens. But that does, that's um, not going to happen in Seattle either. They want to run the ball before they throw it. And they also already have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Like he's not getting 15 targets in that offense either. He, no, but it also like they're going to play a more vertical style passing game. Russell Wilson's going to like scramble around until the moon shot. Like, yeah. And also, like, if you're playing the scramble drill as like a defense in the NFC and it's Odell Beckham Jr., who, I mean, whatever, like, it's, is he still good? We don't know. We've not seen it. Um, you've got him, you have Metcalf, you have Lockett, and it's like, oh shit. Like, we got to guard these guys for six seconds. Like, fuck, that's a whole thing. I personally, I think it's between the Ravens and the Pats. Those, those strike me as two of the best fits because the Pats are a team. Okay. He's a young kid, but he can throw the ball and they have, they have nobody they have no wide receivers. Their wide receivers are so, so, so bad. So it's like, okay, you could really slide in here and command uh, a wide breadth of targets and the Ravens. I know the Ravens are primarily a run team. But as we've yeah, seen this year, Lamar Jackson is willing to sling the ball downfield. He's still number one in intended air yards. And you're talking about somebody that's going to scramble around in the backfield and then launch one deep. Hello. I mean, that's that's Jackson all day. He could buy more time than anybody, anybody in the NFL right now. So, yeah, I don't know. He, he might just kind of want to be a part of that that team, the way that they play. Um, just like, I don't know. I, I could see him being attracted to that uh, to that situation. But I don't know. I, I think it's the Pats of the Ravens, honestly. All right. Well, we'll find out um, probably tomorrow, correct? He hit waivers today. If he's claimed by anybody, the claim goes through tomorrow. If not, he can start negotiating, which I'm sure his representation has already been doing. I think that, it's so. I think it's Tuesday tomorrow at five is when he's tomorrow free. Five. Yeah. I 
I imagine, I imagine we'll probably, we'll know within probably the next 24 hours where he's going to end up. Um, all right, let's jump to the next game in the docket. Uh, Pats Panthers, um, Robbie Anderson tried to kill Sam Darnold on the sideline. <laughs> no one was shocked. Um, Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick owns like a penthouse condo or just like a penthouse in Sam Darnold's brain. He owns Sam Darnold in the same way that Aaron Rodgers owns Chicago Bears fans. It's bad. And you saw it the <laughs> whole game. There was a play. I was just flipping through the channels, landed on the game. Sam Darnold drops back, five-step drop, literally steps in front of the edge rusher, loops around him. And I'm like, oh, he might do something athletic here. And he threw the ball straight in the dirt on purpose. Like, <laughs> nope, just give me the fuck out of here. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I was just like, oh, it's going to be one of those days. Got it. And it was... He went 16 for 33 for 172 and three picks. Um, that, my friends, is a stat line of somebody who will not be a starting quarterback in the NFL next year, regardless of game. Uh, that being said, I have no other strong takeaways from this. Uh, we have not seen the Patriots beat a team with a good quarterback yet. Um, I guess you could argue uh, last week they did. They beat, they beat Justin Herbert last week. But I don't know. Do you guys have anything here? The Pats are just slowly, quietly building up some steam. Um, they, they've strung together some wins. Mac Jones looks more and more confident every week. Their defense is really good. They have one of the best defensive-minded coaches in the history of football. I don't know. I, I think that if they add OBJ, there's going to be some serious smoke around this team. I've been high on them. They started a little slow, but that, that often happens with a rookie quarterback. Um, I don't know. I, I, I like what they're doing. I like what they're doing, and I'd love to see them just smash bad teams like the Panthers. I mean, say what you want, whatever it was. The Panthers, Darnold looked like shit, but that's what good teams do. You know, they're supposed to just they're, – they're supposed to smoke bad teams, and that's exactly what they did. I'm, I'm, it, it feels really gross to be excited about this Patriots team, but – um, I am. What do, you, what do you want me to say about it? I am. They, they look great. And I'm wondering how that works out. So they go, they host the Cleveland Browns next week. Uh, then they go to Atlanta. Then they host the Titans, play the Bills, come to Indy, and then play the Bills the following week. What do you think? Are they three and three after that stretch? Two and four, four? Where, what do you think? How do you think that plays out? Um, let's see. And then in their next six. Yep. They All end right. on Jags Dolphins. So I'm counting those as both. All right. They're going to wins. They're going to lose to the Browns. They're going to beat the Falcons one and one. They're going to mm-hmm. lose to the Titans one and two. Okay. They're going to beat, they're going to beat the Bills two and two. And they're going to beat the Colts three and two. They'll split. They'll split with the Bills three and three. I'll call that three and three. So you're five and three at the end of the year because they're going to beat the Dolphins. They'll beat the Jags. Yeah, I, I just don't see a way. So that, that that's the case. That's here's my them at what they'll be what ten and seven. Here, here's my question: If if the Browns release or if OBJ hits free agency at five o'clock tomorrow. And he signs immediately with the Patriots. Is that is he able to play this Sunday against the Browns? Um, it depends on like his vaccination status and like other stuff. Uh, traditionally, I think that 
he would be able to, but with all of the like the travel and like all, I, I have no idea. This is like a bona fide booty eater. So if he was scared <laughs> of what was in the vaccine to put that into his body, like <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have some questions. I'm gonna have some follow up questions. For I mean, I mean, look, man, I God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> We don't need to. We don't need to dwell on that. I'm just saying that would be really interesting. I don't know if I've ever seen a player the play for one team man. one week and then suit up for a different team the next week against that original team. Uh, I mean, I know he didn't play this past Sunday, but still, didn't the Pats do that with Reggie Wayne way back when? Like, didn't they do that with him? That sounds familiar. They signed him to like a six-hour contract just so they could like learn the audibles that the Colts used or something, and then they yeah. kind of. <laughs> Yeah, they've one million percent done that before. I, I don't know if it's if it's counted if they've been able to do it, but and anyways, um, let's. Uh, God damn it, these next two games just hurt my soul. This is so bad. Uh, Broncos beat the shit out of the Cowboys. It was thirty to sixteen. It was thirty to nothing in the fourth quarter. Um, I picked the Cowboys in my survivor pool, in which there was like twenty people left for like a ten thousand dollar prize because I'm an idiot. Um, and man, they looked terrible. They were lost on every phase of the game. Um, It was still kind of tight. It was 16 to nothing. Uh, Broncos first possession of the second half. The Cowboys get a huge sack on third down. Micah Parsons makes an incredibly athletic play. They block the punt. When he blocks the punt, the ball crosses the line of scrimmage. The Broncos caught it and were able to advance it. And it was first down Broncos because it's the same rule. So confused. I was so confused at first. He, the guy walks out and he's like, first down. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Like they're going to, they're going to score here from like the 19. Like this is a ball game, but this is a momentum shifter. And then the guy was like Broncos ball. And they brought the, the, the rule guy in LA and he was like, oh yeah, no, this totally makes sense. Like that makes no fucking sense. I have never once seen this. I have never in my life seen that rule played out that way. Which uh, I was listening to, to part of my take this morning and Big Cat made an incredible point where he was like, honestly, like the Houston Texans should just weaponize that. Like they should try to <laughs> punt on every single like, play. Like punt line drives at the other team. Just, just right at them. Someone. Just line yeah. drives right the fuck at them. <laughs> just, just, I mean, think about it. It's like a rugby style kick. I mean, catch punt. Start rolling right. As soon as the guy is close enough to you, you just boomstick that shit right off his chest and like let it lay where it lays. <laughs> I think it has to it has to cross the line of scrimmage. The ball has to cross the line of scrimmage. It does. It has to cross the line of scrimmage and has to be recovered by your team. I stand by everything I just said. There's got to uh, just I'm not, the wheel. Somewhere. The wheels are already spinning in my head. Like if you if the front if the line just like immediately hits the dirt and you snap it to the up back and he just kicks it right into somebody's face. And it's just like a live ball. Like you got to recover it. Yeah. Popped up in the air. Fumble Ruski. Yeah. You got to figure it out. Oh my God. This sounds incredible. Yeah. So the, the Texans 1 million percent are like looking at this, like, okay, shit, we can do this. <laughs> we, we can do this. And he's like, and honestly, if we don't, it's just a change of possession. They're just going to get the ball wherever it lies. Right. So it's like, Who all cares? right, that's the, that's what we're going to do. Who cares? Um, Holy shit. And then the, the Cowboys look terrible. Somebody else talk. I don't want this game hurt my heart. I don't want to do this. So w- one of my notes on this game 
was that um, Diggs, the Cowboys corner, Drew, look up on PFF. He's been like one of the lowest rated corners over the last three games for the Cowboys. So maybe we're finally seeing we, we knew that their we knew that their defense was overperforming. It was mostly based off turnovers, which we've talked about on this pod. Turnovers are not a very sticky statistic. And usually that's kind of a, a sign of a paper tiger when you're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of turnovers. It's just not necessarily a, a repeatable thing. But he's been getting smoked lately. Uh, he's been getting the business. Dak, Dak got roasted by by this defense sans von miller that was so weird to see von miller get shipped away and then have this defense play like one of the best games i've seen them play all year uh, i did see the rookie corner that sertan guy he sprained his knee so yeah. that kind of sucks for them but uh but yeah the cowboys were just woefully unprepared for this game which you just can't really it's weird to assume a mike mccarthy team would ever be unprepared uh for a game but hey that's uh, that's what happened to them. They won with Cooper Rush. Maybe they're feeling themselves a little bit, playing with house money. Oh, we get Dak back. We're going to roll over these hapless Broncos. And they got popped. They got popped hard. I'm sure Jerry was embarrassed. Yeah, so Trayvon Diggs is the 101st rated corner in the NFL. Uh, Jordan Lewis is actually 22 spots higher than him. His coverage grade the last one, two, three. Bad. So, so against the Panthers it was 42 47 against the Pats 39 against the Vikings 35 against Denver uh just burnt toast out here in these streets man yeah burnt toast yeah yeah pretty horrible uh our boy Javante Williams also ran wild again he went for over 100 yards, 100 yards. I, I, he's really fun to watch so something that I took away from this is if you ever have a betting interest against the Broncos, I've never wanted a meteor to hit somebody more than Vic Fangio. Yeah. Like as he's like making play, like they walked over to tell him some bullshit penalty and he looked at the guy and he was like, what? Hang on, what? And I was like, you deaf old bitch. God, go anywhere else. Fuck, fuck this guy. Um, He's a boomer. He's a boomer, folks. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, he's looking at his play sheet like he needs like his grandkid to show him how to work his iPhone. I'm like, God, I hate this so much. <laughs> and then I have Mike McCarthy on the other side. I'm like, geez, what a what a battle of the brain trust here, guys. Um, Hayden, you got anything on this one? No, it just made uh, last week's Viking loss hurt a little bit more. <sighs> yeah. No, I mean, you're spot on. It's uh, Dak Prescott and the Vikings shaking hands, making Cooper Lush look really good. That's what this game showed me. Hey, let, let me spin uh, you guys. Uh, let me spin you guys an alternate reality here. Let's say that the Vikings did what they were supposed to fucking do and beat Cooper Rush last week. Mm-hmm. Let's also say the Giants edge out the Chiefs in that hotly contested 2017 game last week. All right. Mm hmm. We get our G, our G men are one game back in that scenario. I mean, they're not, they're, they're two, uh, uh, given that those, neither of those things happened whether they should have, but I'm just saying we were that close. We were that close to having the G men right back in this, in this division. And I would have been very excited about that. 
I think that's more of a referendum on that entire division than it is on the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to break I hate I hate to break it to you. But that's just being like, hey man, you know what? The Houston Texans, they win one more game. They're in sole possession of third in the AFC South. They're right there, boys. They're right there. <laughs> um, all right, next one up. Uh Ravens, Vikings. Uh Hayden, the floor is yours. Um, go ahead, man. Let all right. So uh I hope my Wi-Fi hangs on for this long, but um my god. I am just broken. I don't want to do this every week. I hate it here. That interception in overtime, that should have been it. It That should have been done. Or they at least should have gone for it on fourth down because you knew exactly what the fucking situation was going to be. The Ravens were going to go down the field and Justin Tucker was going to hit a game-winning field goal. That's how this game was always meant to end played this game a hundred times and that's probably how this game ends i don't know i am so done with zimmer so done with kubiak i'm over it everything that we talked about about why the vikings are having these struggles about the coaching philosophy the trying to hang your head on defense in a run game when you have a couple of thoroughbreds at white out and a guy like kirk cousins who can throw the ball I mean, this all really came to fruition in this game. The Vikings had a big lead. They blew it, um, trying to be too conservative. You know, we, how many times have we seen Lamar Jackson? I'm, I'm here to tell you as a Colts fan, how many times have we seen Lamar Jackson, you know, come roaring back in the, in the second half in the fourth quarter to, to make up ground? And it's like, did, do, you not, do you not know this was coming? Like, especially with as many defensive injuries that the Vikings had in this game. And then in, in overtime, they, they get that huge turnover. They throw a screen on first down that gets stuffed. So it's like second long and they, they run like tackle yeah. blast, right? And it was like, th- this is the most beta unimaginative bullshit offensive play call that I've seen almost like that was like, a, a, if you're, your cowardice index, I know your cowardice index is really all about punts, but if we could also boil that down to actual play calls, like oh. this was, this was such a puss call from, from Zimmer, or I don't know. I don't know if you want to throw it on Kubiak or who is exactly calling those plays, but it's like, what the fuck was that? So you just, you, you have to punt, you have to turn the ball back over to Lamar Jackson, ask your defense to stop him again in overtime. And it's, it, it didn't happen. It shouldn't happen. And I, I kept waiting for the notification about him finally getting canned today because he's, oh, me too. he's done. He's done. I know, oh I know 500 yards is not, not good to give up, but for this shorthanded defense to play the way that they did for at least the first half, definitely, and then yeah. to get that interception over time, it, there's no excuse. No excuse. Yeah, I mean, this was a, this, this was a team that was missing um, an all-pro defensive end to – how many sacks do you have, Hayden? Eight sacks already this year? Something like that, Seven yeah. Seven or eight sacks? yeah. Um, you're, you're missing Daniel Hunter. You're missing Harrison Smith, who's been a pro bowler, like however many times, which I, look, I said before they redid the Harrison Smith deal. Like I understand what the guy means to the team, but to make him the highest paid safety when safeties are proving time and time again, how frankly irrelevant they are. Um, like can't buy him. got a pick. He, no. he got a, he got an interception. <laughs> he was like the third highest graded safety in all of football last yesterday. It was like, okay, this, you know, it just is what it is, man. It's, um, Loyal to a fault to their guys on both sides of the ball, specifically on defense. Zimmer's guys are Zimmer's guys. He's got to go. Change needs to happen in that organization. Yep. Uh, 
the Ravens had 500 total yards of offense. They possessed the ball for 46 minutes in this game. Um, if they didn't throw two picks and let a, uh, a kick return go back for a tutty, this game was an absolute beating. And uh, I, I would say it probably wasn't as close or was closer than it should have been uh, given all the other various statistics. Um, I don't want to talk about any more than that. Let's, uh, uh, Dolphins, Texans, Dolphins, 17, Texans, nine, uh, Jacoby Brissett, V Tyrod Taylor. Do we have anything else we want to share here? I don't want to say, I I have have zero things that I want to say about this game. I, I took, I took Tyrod Taylor and the Texans and my pick five, because I just, I loved what he was doing in those first few games of the season before he got hurt. I hate everything about the Dolphins and who they are. I really thought two would be able to cover six and a half. That didn't happen. That interception that he threw. I don't know if you guys saw this. He threw one of the worst interceptions. It was so Carson Wentz. Like it made me sick. He was like falling out of bounds to Rod Taylor was. And mm-hmm. instead of just like either going out of bounds or throwing the ball into the stands, he just like, it was almost like a one handed basketball shot. He just like shuffled it up straight into the air. And there was a Dolphins guy standing right there. I mean, he just like lobbed it right to him 10 yards away. It was the most just I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Anyways, that pissed me off a lot. Um, they really they still only missed the cover by two points, whatever. But yeah, that's it. Both those yeah. teams suck. I don't want to talk about either of those anymore. That could have been a that could have been the matchup for who gets first overall pick next year. And Texans won that one. So good for them. I, uh, I did some big brain stuff and I teased the Texans up to like 12 and a half. Cause I, there's no fucking, like, I was like, I didn't even think the Dolphins would score 12 and a half points. In this I game. know I, that would, <laughs> that was perfect. That was a great idea. Um, all right. Uh, Chargers, Eagles, Chargers, 27, Eagles, 24. This game was exciting, man. This was back and forth. Um, Eagles, or excuse me, the Chargers come from behind victory here at the end, scored 11. Uh, Herbert scored that rushing touchdown where, he took a hit that I was like, nah. we're going to talk about that in film on Monday and be like, Hey dog, I appreciate what you did there, <laughs> but like, you can't, you can't be doing that specifically, but uh, 32 for 38, 356, two tutties. Um, I'm going to just keep saying it, man. Jalen hurts 11 of 17, 162. Like that dude is just, he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. No. He's just not. It just is what it is. Um, it's kind of like Taysom Hill. He's just like much better on the ground than he is like as a, as a thrower. I mean, he's really almost not a threat as a thrower at all. It's just like, you know, he's going to like, he's basically a wildcat back back there. And that, that adds a, a different wrinkle to the offense that you don't see every week. So he manages to be somewhat effective, but yeah, yeah no, he's not, not somebody you should be building your future around. And Devonte Smith with his first receiving touchdown since week one, uh, that was, that was something I was like, man, aren't we, shouldn't we be force feeding this dude the ball? Like, shouldn't he be one of those where it's like, we just got to get him easy looks and get those guys going. But you can't do that when you have such a uh, lack of arm talent behind center. Can we yeah. also mention uh, Jordan Howard is still like in the NFL, all scoring touchdowns, making plays. Is this this, how many teams has this guy played for at this point? 
Uh, I mean, do we want to do no. this with just zombie running backs? I mean, that's a segment in and of We itself already missed it. Point. The Ravens game's over. We don't need to talk about Left Bell and <laughs> oh, Freeman. Dear God. I mean, I, <laughs> tweet, I tweeted it. about it. I was like, what in the fuck is this? Like, there's like, <laughs> and there were, there were four or five games where they were just like naming people who were playing. And I was like, excuse me? Like, this guy? Hello? Um, and I don't think Jordan Howard's played for that many. He's only been in the league five years, which is something that's pretty – why does he seem so old manish then why do i think he's been around forever because he went to iu and you've heard his name for four more years but he was only in chicago he was in chicago for three years he was for the dolphins he played for the dolphins for five games still i remember him there whatever so he's only played for those three teams that's it i remember jerry rice in seattle aaron what do you you (laughs) make of it he played Um, there okay it happened played there i seen it old the old man yells the cloud um all right let's uh let's keep it moving do we have any other anything else on this game the no fade, they just, my fade they, streak they, ended sorry to cut you off but my fade streak yeah ended. holy shit hayden got it hayden up, yeah we boys. gotta clap that up we gotta clap that up hayden with a huge win in pick five for us we're still in last place but oh hey, yeah great great job hayden great <laughs> hayden job, got hayden. a dub appreciate it um <laughs> all right we've got the uh Chiefs Packers, if there was any solace that I could take away from yesterday as a Vikings fan, Jordan Love looked bad. Yep. And um, at least it doesn't look like the Packers are going to have their third Hall of Fame quarterback in a row to just run the ship. So that made me feel good. Um, the Chiefs, man, Mahomes 20 of 37 for a buck 66. I mean, they ran the ball better, but like, I understand they won this game in the NFL. That's the name of the game. But like, if I'm a Chiefs fan, like, I don't feel any better about what happened there. So it's almost like defenses, like in baseball, when a pitcher starts getting lit up, it's like maybe they're stealing the signs on the sky or like maybe he has a tell, like some kind of he's he's signaling his pitches or he's giving away his pitches before he throws them. Defenses have just flat out figured out how to shut this offense down. It's just happened too many times for this to be a fluke. It's happened too many times against too many different teams, too many different coordinators and schemes for this to just be oh you know whatever like there's just something weird going on in the Chiefs locker room something is wrong with this team and I said last week until they start winning games we need to start treating them like a bad team we need to start saying this is a a, a mediocre team at best because that's all they've shown us so far this year and I, I I I still can't put my finger on it I don't know I don't know that anybody has I know that people have been ripping Mahomes. I don't know enough about football or enough about film to be like, oh, his mechanics are wrong or he's not looking off safeties or whatever the fuck, but he's, he's doing something wrong because everybody is all over him in this league. I, so, so, so sure. Uh, like I, I, I agree with some of that. Um, I mean, their offensive line is grading out better uh, over the last few weeks, which is probably why we're starting to see like some semblance of them at least like trending in the right direction but like Mahomes is playing pretty loose and pretty fast and like not in the fun way and I think that's what we're really seeing um and you're right I I don't know enough to look at his feet and be like oh yeah he's doing this he's doing this but he's never been the most like fundamentally sound guy right like he just has crazy arm talent and control of the angles yeah. and everything else and yeah it's just um so I don't I, I don't know I I, I think some of it's I think some of it comes from the top. Uh, we've talked about it here a few times. Like we started to see this at the tail end of Reed's tenure in Philly. Uh, those teams 
got pretty loose. And that's kind of when we saw the beginning of the end of the, the Andy Reid tenure there. They had a, a really weird, like mediocre year like this where they clearly regressed and they let him go. I guess some folks would say sooner than they should have, but I don't know, man. They've had what three deep playoff runs in a row. I mean, most of those guys have been there with him. When was Mahomes drafted? What four years ago now? 2015, 16. Okay, sure. And then, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was 2015. So then you've had Reed there for what three years before that because of the Alex Smith time there, uh-huh. that whole deal. Like eight years is just a long time in the league, man. And like we assume that these coaches, these these coach quarterback pairings will stay together forever because it's you know XYZ, but Reed, I mean Reed's like what 64, 65 years old. Like, is he still have the same hunger now that he got a Super Bowl? Are they still scheming appropriately? Is he deferring too much stuff off to the assistant coaches where it's uh it's a different deal now? I, I don't know, man. It's just uh I I think some of it is just scheme, but I don't know, call me crazy. You always there's always hope that they turn it around just because they have so much flat out talent on the roster. I mean, who's to say they don't walk out next week and go scorched earth? I mean, uh, it it still always feels really, really weird to bet against them. Like, Uh, Holmes gets the ball and you still get that kind of ulcer in your stomach. You're like, oh, God, he's going to chuck the ball downfield to Tyreek Hill for a 60 yard touchdown in the blink of an eye. I mean, you still think that's possible, but man just feels further and further away every week. You know, that it's one of those deals with them where I like exactly to your point and until I get the notification on my phone, that's like the chiefs have been mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. I'm like, Oh yeah, they're an AFC championship game favorite. Like, yeah. right. Whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Especially with the bill, it is. the bills getting beat by the Jags. Are we supposed to be scared of the Titans? I don't know. It's like the right. AFC's kind of up for grabs right now. Right. And I mean, honestly where it currently sits like the chiefs are going to be a wild card team if you're telling me week one or you know the the first weekend of the playoffs it's like chiefs ravens and like the chiefs are getting like three points i'm one million percent betting on the chiefs (laughs) like i have learned nothing i'm one million percent betting on the chiefs Uh, i will have them in teasers i might take the money line like i'll be like oh yeah nope this is when they figure it out and then it's going to be i count the math what nine weeks from now i'm in this very podcast and i'm like motherfucker i lost 400 bucks on the chiefs this weekend because i hate myself um speaking of people who hate themselves Cardinals 49ers Cardinals 131 17 I delved into kind of accidentally 49ers Twitter on Sunday as this game was happening and they are in full meltdown (laughs) I mean (laughs) um, the and it was trending on Twitter for a bit and people were like you know like Shanahan's done like Shanahan's not some young hotshot coach like were five, it was a five and they're nine and 15 since they went to the Super Bowl. Like they need a new voice. Like John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan need to answer questions about, you know, where this team is and what's going on. I'm like, first off, if you guys want to fire Kyle Shanahan, I'll pick him up from the airport. I'll drive him to the facility in Eden Prairie. I'll leave here and I will drive my car to San Francisco and then drive him there. Please give him to me. Give him to me. Um, for, for a fan base to be like, it's definitely, you know, Kyle Shanahan's got questions to answer. Like he's never had a quarterback there. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is good. Uh, they've won like 60 some odd percent of his games, but he's been available for less than 50% of the games he's played in San Francisco. 
the the dude won games with like CJ Beathard and like uh, Nick Mullen and like yeah, like what are we really doing here? And for any fan base to be like, well, we made it to the Super Bowl, like we're not right back there. It's like, okay, you had an exodus of talent after that year happened. That happens to every team that makes it to the Super Bowl. They had to draft appropriately and stock the cupboards. It takes a couple years to get those guys. Like they let DeForest Buckner go. They had to. They couldn't pay both. They couldn't pay him and they couldn't pay Salomon Thomas. And they ended up moving on from it. Or excuse me, Eric Armstead. Uh, and they got Eric Armstead for $60 million cheaper than they got the Forrest Buckner. And then they drafted yep. Kinlaw. And it's like, it's so incredibly hard in the NFL where there's so much parity to con- constantly flip a roster over and be good every single year. When you have a team like the Chiefs with a guy like Mahomes or you have an Aaron Rodgers or you have one of those like ultra top tier quarterbacks, it's just easier because they're a band-aid for every other ailment that you have on the team. But the gall of San Francisco 49ers fans to be like, hey, you know what? Maybe we should move on from Kyle Shanahan. Like, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I'm like, fuck y'all. <laughs> All right, I'll go somewhere else. Like, what? Who, who do you trust? Who do you expect to come in and nurture Trey Lance and, like, bring him along? It's like, oh, let's go get the ghost of John fucking Gruden to come bring this, like, next-generation quarterback along? I don't know, man. I don't get it. Can we stop fucking around with Garoppolo? Like, okay, you guys aren't contenders. Can we can you can we see what we have with the number two overall pick? Like why this team needs a spark more than any other team out there right now? Why why he's still why hurt, we, isn't he? No, he was dressed and healthy last week. There's no, oh, I mean, yeah, I don't I don't understand what they're doing with Grappolo. It's like, why? What what are you doing? What are you doing? I I don't know. I just really think that they should get him in there, get him some reps, see what they have with him, let him get some. Just seasoning, whatever. I mean, man, it, this if they don't do it next week, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about no. it because they did, they just got blown away by Colt fucking McCoy. The god Colt McCoy just eviscerated that fucking defense. Yeah, so so Trey Lance just started practicing this week from that injury. So he was dressed, but apparently it was like a big glass in case of emergency. Uh, like okay, okay. Like this guy probably shouldn't play. Um, I mean, it's, it's clear and apparent that, that Garoppolo is, is not the guy. Um, but Kyle Shanahan said again after the game that they have no plans to start Trey Lance. That I don't understand. Well, he, I, you can't ever believe it. He's like the biggest, the biggest bullshitter of a head coach that there ever has been. That's so true. He, I, no I, I will, I will believe that when I see it on Sunday, like, yeah, he, he may kill Trey Lance before the season's over. That's right. I yeah. forgot all about that. The, we don't even have any guarantees somebody's going to be alive next week. Like, wow, fucking weirdo. Um, but again, if, uh, if they want to fire Kyle Shanahan, I will buy all of the Kyle Shanahan stock. Give it to me. Whatever team he goes to. It's not even about being a young hotshot quarter. Like, the dude has shown he can get to a Super Bowl with guys that probably shouldn't get you there. And yeah. Sign me up, dude. I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, all right. We've got uh, a couple more to touch on here. We have the Sunday night game, which is another just weird drubbing. Uh, Titans into your defensive line uh, did their best Aaron Donald impersonation. They won 28-16. Um, LA really kind of, they felt like they got away from kind of McVay's system there in the first half. No play action, nothing like that. Just straight three and five step drops. I mean, things that uh, 
things that Matt Stafford's really comfortable with. And it kind of showed um, the Rams offensive line also just doesn't look great. Um, Hayden, did you get that TV, that game on your like rabbit ears up there in the frigid North or. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got it up here. It was a bit full of static, but other than that, it was pretty good. Um, <laughs> no, really good win for the Titans. I was not expecting it. I thought the Rams were going to roll, but the Titans kind of showed that, um, that they're, they're, a, they're a legit team to me. Anyways, uh, to beat the Rams, to go in there and have the, their defense do what they did, uh, just crazy, crazy um, good game by the Titans. Without Derrick Henry, they needed their defense to step up that way, and they did. You know, one thing that, that struck me after this game, I was like, man, Stafford. 31 for 48, 284 yards, one touchdown. That was a very Jared Goff-like stat line. And I don't mean oh, to – I, I, I'm not going to say these guys are on the <laughs> same same plane or anything like that, but I was like, wow. Like that – that's something that Jared – two interceptions, he took five sacks. Like that was a very Goff-like performance. Um, Tannehill, on the other hand – well, not a ton of better. I shouldn't go there, but they just they just got it done with defense. They got it done with, they, you know, they picked up not not a ton on the ground. Obviously, they miss Henry, but to lose a running back is probably like the most one of the easiest things to overcome for an offense. You know, like I would probably rather lose a, my star running back than like my left tackle, you know, or, or my best wide receiver, or obviously my running back, or something like that. Like you, you can you can kind of replace that production to a certain extent. So yeah. I don't know. I, it, it has to. I, I, they the whole reason they won this game was the pick six and that god awful Wince interception that Stafford threw in the end zone. Uh, where I mean, they had the ball on what like the four yard line where Tannehill scored on that naked boot, and yep. they had a pick six. And that all happened in the second and that all happened in the second quarter. Like if that doesn't happen, you don't have the Rams basically getting three scoring possessions back to back to back. I look, Tannehill went 19 for 27 for a buck 43. Um, every other stat in this game, the, the Rams outgained them. They won the time of possession battle. They had way more penalties and they threw two interceptions that absolutely broke them. Um, all credit to Tennessee's defense. That interior interior defensive line looked great. Uh, Simmons again, best Aaron Donald impersonation. I don't know what it is about Ryan Tannehill that, like, when I see him with a helmet on, he just looks like looks like an extra in Baywatch, and I just hate his face so much. <laughs> like, look at him when he's wearing a helmet, and he's just like, "You fucking Chad, you dick." <laughs> Um, I even said that to Slack. Like, I just have this irrational dislike of Ryan Tannehill. His wife is very much like a a Baywatch lifeguard. If you remember, you remember Hard Knocks. Do you remember? Do you remember Hard Knocks when he was uh, on the Dolphins? His wife is an absolute smoke, dude. His his like NFL like default photo. He he's got like a shitty goatee, and his hair is only spiked up in the front, like he's in like the sixth grade in like two thousand. <laughs> I just fucking hate this guy, man. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I'm gonna be really interested to see how they continue to handle their business. Like, yeah. does their defense keep putting them in positions like that? 
do they win games where they just have a huge advantage in penalties and turnovers? Cause I mean, we talk about it. Those aren't sticky stats. So yeah, I'll be really true. interested to see how they continue to, uh, to kind of chug along on that. Um, and that's it. That's the, that's the slate. We, uh, Steelers are up 14, nothing. Uh, my second pick two was the bears plus six and a half. Um, not looking great. Bears have a second and goal. Hey, 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 second and goal right now. Get a tutty here. We're right back in it. Um, Big Ben's going to go into the locker room. He's going to yam out some, some some thigh stop, some sweet tea. <laughs> and uh, they're going to get cooked here in the second half. I did see that Justin Fields took like a 20-yard fucking sack from TJ Watt where I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> see, that's, that's the perfect example. He should have just kicked it at him. He should have just dropped the ball, just booted it off his face and be like, all right, it's, it's up there now, guys. <laughs> um, all right. So we, uh, we missed the preview pod last week. Uh, we will be back at you this week with our live picks uh, for you to fade or tease or whatever feels right. Um, you guys have any parting shots, anything to add on the way out here? That's all I got. I got nothing. That's it. That's it. All right. Well, hey, uh, again, thank you for joining us for the Darrell Revis episode 24 of uh, Pre-Snap Motion. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Pre-Snap Motion. Uh, shoot us an email, uh, presnapmotion at gmail.com. Uh, as always, Drew, Aaron, Hayden, signing off. See ya. Bye, Mom. <laughs> <laughs>